You're on EducateForLife.com radio with Kevin Conover. And if you listen long enough, your faith will become... I'm tired of being conned. Don't worry, the con is over, see? We're now at DEFCON 1. Did you say carnivore or carnivore? Would you like to have a conversation with Kevin? Then call 800-243-9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your time and bring your shame. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is join.educateforlife.org. It's 40 online classes defending the truth of the Bible. And uh, I teach a Sunday class uh, for people on all kinds of subjects about how we know the Bible is true and these sorts of things at Skyline Church here in San Diego. So if you're ever in town or uh, you're a local, feel free to stop by. It's every Sunday morning in room M1 at 8.45 a.m. Love to have you out. Uh, we have a special program today. Uh, it's on human trafficking. A lot of people, uh, it's not something that's real uh, fun to talk about necessarily, but it's something that's absolutely necessary to talk about. Um, a lot of people don't realize, but slavery around the world uh, seems to be increasing. In fact, we have more slaves today than ever before in world history. A lot of people, when they hear that, they're completely shocked. It, it's not something we see uh, necessarily as we're walking down the street, but it's something that's very prevalent. And it's very prevalent here in San Diego. Um, uh, San Diego is actually ranked as one of the top 10 high-intensity areas for sex trafficking in America. And my guests today are Michelle Shoemaker. She's with Point, the Point Loma Nazarene uh, University Center for Justice and Reconciliation. Jessica, who is a survivor, a leader, and a thriver, she is a recipient of the Beauty for Ashes. Um, uh, basically, it's a, a, a um, scholarship that Point Loma, Point Loma Nazarene gives out to survivors of uh, trafficking. And then also Dr. Jerry Ander, Andrews, who is a senior pastor here in San Diego for First Presbyterian Church San Diego. I just wanted to thank you uh, three for being on the air today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Glad to be here. here. Absolutely. And uh, right around the corner here, um, this, this we are pre-recording the show, but this Saturday when the show airs, um, after our show, if you're interested, there's going to be a prayer vigil in Balboa Park this Saturday, uh, today, actually, the, that it's airing, uh, 3 to 4 p.m. So run down there if you can and get involved. You'll be able to meet all kinds of local officials who are uh, supporting this effort to fight uh, trafficking. And uh, Michelle, can you tell us a little bit about the prayer vigil and how that, that got going? Um, so the Junior League, San Diego Junior League, hosts a rally every year from 1 to 3 p.m. That's beforehand. And there'll be lots of county officials and expert speakers just giving news and updates and talking about the movement. And we in San Diego are one of the most collaborative cities. We have law enforcement and child welfare and educators and researchers and everywhere from FBI to Homeland Security, the sheriff to police, there's collaboration. And we just were awarded a top award for our collaboration here on human trafficking. Um, so that'll be going on at the rally. And then they aren't really allowed to have a religious um, aspect to that. So they kind of turn their heads and they give us the stage. afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> so from three to 4 PM after the rally at the corner of sixth and Laurel streets, we'll be having an hour of, all we have a our organization, Churches Against Trafficking. A lot of people. We've been going for about five years, so we have several pastors and some county officials, 
and um, people that are involved in the movement that will be praying for us. We have about 20 people praying. That's so great. And uh, yeah, kind of setting the standard here on uh, the rest of the country is looking at us and saying, hey, what are you guys doing and how's the success going? Uh, it was, uh, if you're listening, uh, uh, probably a couple of years back, I had the opportunity to interview uh, Jamie Gates, Dr. Jamie Gates, and also um, Summer Steffen, District Attorney Summer Steffen, and we were talking about this. And at the time, I was telling you uh, earlier, um, Dr. Gates was talking about how they had this huge study that they were working on. He couldn't talk about it. None of the stats had come out yet. And um, now that that information is out. And so that's making a big difference in uh, the progress you're able to make. Can you, again, share with us, Michelle, about what happened with that study? What did the study show? And then how has it helped um, the cause to fight human trafficking? Um, The study was tremendous. It was a Department of Justice grant. And it was a three-year project that USD and Point Loma Nazarene University did. And some of some shocking statistics came out, but it's been some great hard data that the whole nation is now using. But one thing we found out is that it's an $810 million industry in San Diego. It's the second highest crime in San Diego. Whoa, $810 million per year is, is made off of human trafficking. As much as the Padres were sold for a year. That's incredible. Um, I mean, most people are probably completely astonished by that. I mean, was... Well, you know, you've been working on this for a while. Were you surprised? Were, were the people like Dr. Gates, was he surprised by that too? Or did you have some idea that this was We had an inkling happening? because we knew how pervasive it was. But, I mean, it's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, mm. it's right. Some um, There's like drugs, and here it's illicit sex trade, and then um, weapons. You know, like in Texas, weapons is above it. So it's in almost every city, it's way up there. So wow. we our statistics, what they show is what's going across the nation, really. Another, there's several interesting statistics, but um, like 86% of the girls rescued or teens um, are U.S. citizens. They're not immigrants. So what is going on here is not um, people from across the border. It's our own kids. Um, Up to a third of those kids are often out of the foster care system and runaways. But it really hits another really interesting um, thing that it showed that it is across all demographics, socioeconomic, racial Barriers. The pie is everyone from the perpetrators to the victims. That pie is equal with African American, Caucasian, Hispanic. So and this other. isn't an issue in which you can say, "Hey, uh, that's their problem, not mine." I mean, this is going. This is coming from every direction, right? And and you're finding. Uh, uh, did the study show that this is happening in? Uh, I heard it's happening in schools primarily. Is that we in the study were 25 schools and. Each one of those schools showed recruitment tactics happening on their campuses. So if you extrapolate that, that means it's going on at most schools. And, wow. um, and this is across every neighborhood from, you know, southeast to Lemon Grove to Point Loma. I mean, it's, yeah. there's, there's activity everywhere. And the average age, they used to say, you know, it was kind of a shocking number, average age is 12. We've moved that up to about 16. But that's average. So that's dealing with all the adults and then all the kids that are involved. So, you know, they actually... Another interesting aspect is that a lot of these kids have been abused early on in their own homes, so they're already kind of have open doorways into getting involved in this at mm-hmm. 16. You know, they might as well get, be getting paid for what was being taken from them. I see. Okay. So there's a lot of abuse. 150 gang members were interviewed through the grant, and almost all of them showed abuse in their lives too. So what I've come to realize in my work in the last five years, is that this is very much a story about broken children growing mm. up to becoming broken adults. Mm. And the perpetrators and the victims kind of become who they were. So this is happening by. in the families. So there's a lot going on there with the family. And right. um, we need to be able to do a better job of encouraging families to um, protect the children. Yeah, protect the children mm. and really have those stable families. Mm. Um, so uh, 
Dr. Andrews, you are a senior pastor at First Presbyterian Church San Diego. How long have you been involved with Churches Against Trafficking, and uh, what was the impetus to get you uh, involved with that? Yeah, let me say the impetus is pretty straightforward. It was an ancient prophet. He said that uh, we're to um, act justly and love mercy and walk humbly with our God. Um, my job as a pastor, in part, is to present my congregation as as uh, righteous as I can before you know a spotless bride, before the groom and the in mm-hmm. the great day and I, I thought my congregation, um, this is downtown first, um, had it's 150 years old. They'd always walked humbly. They know evangelism and discipleship and uh, uh, have built a great fellowship and a, and a wonderful congregation over all these years, has sustained over several generations. They get that part. We can always get better, but they get it. Sure. And mercy, I thought my congregation knew that one. We're a block away from the San Diego Rescue Mission. And these lives have transformed, uh, these witnesses have transformed lives. Uh, just make us um, connect with him so easily. We, our lives, too, have been transformed by, yeah. by the Savior. And um, homeless, we feed 300 homeless people every week on campus in our church after worship on Sunday. And um, w- however it is pastors evaluate their congregation, they just get good marks from this pastor on walking humbly in mercy. But may I say, like other somewhat conservative and evangelical congregations, the, the justice page was, was a bit blank. Mm. There's some suspicious in there. You know, we're, we're, we know the stories of churches that first there was Jesus, then there was Jesus and justice, then there was just justice, and that's a big loss. Yeah. That's an irreparable loss. Absolutely, yeah. And so how will we go about this differently? We'll go about it carefully. But it was that sense that I wanted my congregation involved with justice. We, I don't think, we don't think you get all of Jesus without his passion for justice. Mm. You just got part of it. Yeah. Now, you got a big part of it, perhaps, but a big part also has been left out. So, um, rescuing it, those who are oppressed and so forth. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it's one of the most obvious and common and repeated themes in scripture. It's just inescapable. Yeah. Jesus' prophets and his apostles shout about these things. And this is, it's not subtle. Mm. It's, it's straightforward. What a powerful message. Um, we're going to come up on a break here. So I'm going to let you pick up when we come back, uh, Dr., uh, Dr., uh, Andrews. But, uh, my guest today, are Michelle Shoemaker, Jessica, and Dr. Jerry Andrews. And what we're talking about is human trafficking. And as Christians, we have a call in our lives. We have a call in our lives to make a difference. And um, we're going to be sharing, Jessica Kim is going to be sharing uh, what happened to her, how she was brought out of human trafficking. And um, her testimony will encourage you and inspire you to be able to get involved and make a difference and rescue so many other people that are trapped in, in a situation that in, in a lot of ways seems very hopeless to them. So um, this is our opportunity to be the light of Christ. Uh, We're going to be right back. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. 
Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-825-3985. Learn more at ExpressFixCoffee.com. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 730 to 530, and Saturdays, 730 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. I will cast my cares on you. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is join.educateforlife.org, and I've got an online school of Christian apologetics. It's basically an online Bible school. And uh, a, a real uh, fun classes. I teach high school out at Christian High School, so my classes are meant to be uh, engaging as well as educational. So if you want to check that out, it's a great opportunity to grow in your faith and your understanding of God's Word. And uh, my guests today are Michelle Shoemaker from Point Loma Nazarene University Center for Justice and Reconciliation. Jessica, she's a survivor of human trafficking and a recipient of the Beauty for Ashes Scholarship. And Dr. Jerry Andrews, who is a senior pastor at First Presbyterian Church, San Diego. And uh, Dr. Andrews, we left off last segment. I really like what you were saying, how you were emphasizing that, hey, uh, my congregation is really good at walking humbly. They're really good at showing mercy. And you looked in and said, I feel like the justice component is lacking a little bit. And you decided to take the initiative to get involved with Churches Against Trafficking. So what does that look like for your congregation? What, what, what are the practical steps? If there's a pastor out there listening who says, hey, I feel the same way, I want to get involved, I want to make a difference, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we chose a path that we did not know the end of it. We, we first looked at, it made perfectly good sense to see what others were doing, only to discover Churches Against Trafficking was already there, and this is not, we didn't need to build a network. We needed to participate in the network. And we saw a lot of good things that were happening. Mm. Again, most of which we would put in the mercy category, which is, you know, highest regard. That's not second place. That's, and it, it's, it's embracing and welcoming and healing and building back up and just beautiful, beautiful stuff. Some of it has to do a little bit, if I can say, with, so how do men get involved? The last thing most of these young women need is a middle-aged guy uh, uh, hugging them and saying, you know, welcome or something yeah. like that. This is, yeah. it's, not, it's not welcome. It's not helpful. Yeah. And yeah, there's a tendency we'd like to take baseball bats and break down doors, you yeah. know, whether God built us that way or Satan, I'm confused about it, but this is what we would like to do. Yeah. And if you're from Detroit like me, you want to do it with a hockey stick. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a far more, far more effective tool. 
But there is law enforcement. This, this, this country has fair and just and really good laws about these things. And some of them are still involving and getting stronger and better. But the, the extent of the law, the application of the law, is not universal. There's some neighborhoods and some homes in which the law barely reaches at all. Yeah. And it's in those places, darker places, if you will, where the law, law's light doesn't shine, that people are vulnerable. So how do we do that? So we began to introduce ourselves. This is cops and FBI agents and a lot of attorneys in my congregation began to introduce ourselves to people who are in law enforcement and thinking that their, their first response would be, well, you're a church, we're the state, yeah. we're, not, we're not supposed Separation to. Separation of church and state, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, we thought that'd come up. We never heard it. We'd never heard anything like that. What we heard was, well, it's about time, <laughs> because we can't put a cop on every corner, but there's a church on every corner in San Diego, Yeah, and uh, you live in every neighborhood, and uh, your people have should gain a sense of this, and you know we'll we'll help you with that. You'll help us with with what we're doing. Yeah. So it's about helping law enforcement do their work, which is a good work. Um, That's so encouraging to hear what you're saying there, because I think what you're saying is true that a lot of people feel like, hey, I don't want to violate uh, the law. I, I want to operate within the law. We're trying to be um, supportive of the law, and so they feel kind of like maybe their hands need to be off or their hands are tied. But you're saying, hey, that the uh, the police officers and the the uh, uh, police station, and everything they're they're welcoming this help because uh, they're they're short uh, handed. With, without hesitation, without yeah. hesitation, they're welcoming and, and engaging us and inviting us to do more. Yeah, and Michelle, is that what your experience has been also in in this effort? Um, yeah, in fact, one of the first things we tell a lot of people hear about this and they go, "I'm going to go start a shelter. I'm going to go start a nonprofit." Yeah, and we're like, before you do anything, in your church, there's people already at work. Go meet your local sheriff. Go meet your local police chief and ask them how you can help them. Mm. You know, we've had some stories in Riverside. Um, a church went and they knew what was going on at a hotel and they just started knocking on the doors and wanted to put up posters. And, well, they ended up running like a five-year, $300,000 FBI um, oh, sting, sting that operation. was about yeah. to come down. Oh, wow. They lost all everything because this church was very rambunctious and excited mm. and wanted to go do something. So yeah. we always tell zeal, people, zeal without like, knowledge. Check, in with, <laughs> check in with the people in your congregation, the local yeah. people. There's probably someone in your um, congregation that is a police officer or a, are working at a shelter or a counselor. That yeah. has, they're ear to the ground on this. And if not, go meet those people and invite them into your yeah. church and ask, how can we help? Yeah, and you said that a lot of the um, local um, – officials are actually involved in trying to fight this. And so so. uh, we can come alongside and team up with them and and work with them. And they love the fact that we're even just praying the power Mm -hmm. of prayer. And those that are believers know that that's what's going to empower them to be able to have success in solving this problem. Absolutely. And that's so great. Well, um, Jessica, I wanted to ask you um, your testimony as far as, you know, uh, you were a victim of human trafficking and how did you get out of that? And now you've received this Beauty for, Beauty for Ashes scholarship. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that would love to hear your story. So why don't you take us back to uh, how that all started and what happened? So, yes, um, I like to say that this is God's story, even though it's a testimony and part of the life that I went through. Mm. This is ultimately God's story because the story is really in the restoration. And it's important to know where, where I've been but it's more important to know how I got out yeah. and the restoration and, and the gifts that God has given me. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was trafficked. I was trafficked as a young child in my teens. And, um, and was, was that here in San Diego? It was in San Diego, but mostly in Tijuana. Okay. So there's um, red light district, 
as common knowledge that is still functioning yeah. on the, you know in this day and um, to this day and so that's where I was trafficked so um, take us back to because I want our listeners to know how this happens a lot of people are thinking okay were you kidnapped or what what was the how does that even happen you know people say well, at least what I've understood Michelle is that uh, this happens a lot in schools so I think people are thinking, what? Wait, you've got teachers around. You've got it's love. It's boyfriends. Okay, so it's boyfriends. It's is that girls what was... getting manipulated by a, a gentleman or a family member? And it's about is that another high school student that manipulates them? Sometimes there could be an older boyfriend they meet, or okay. the older men outside of the school are using girls to recruit in the schools. Okay, and come to a party, come meet this guy. Was that There's... was that the scenario that you? Um... Had Jessica? So in my situation, it was familial. So it was my stepfather that was the trafficker. Um, But the bottom line is the same. Um, It's it's a person looking for love, right? We are built. God has built us in a way that we we need love. And so sometimes it comes in an abusive manner. Yeah. And when you're so young. It's hard to to understand and to be able to discern. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And the attention uh, can be mistaken for love. It can. Yeah. And as long as that love is being provided in some way, it's almost like okay, this is what love is, and this is what it costs. Mm. And my understanding is that some um, some people that get involved in trafficking uh, don't necessarily want to get out of it because of the money and so forth. Is that true? Have you heard that, or Michelle? I would just go back to the love. Okay, so it's more about the love. Because after someone, the typical scenario that even our curriculum talks about is that we see here with domestic kids is you meet someone online, you're texting, or you meet an older guy at the mall, and he starts whining and dining and gifting you and purses and gifts and jewelry, and all of a sudden you kind of like start relating to him more than your friends, and you Mm. kind of like fall out of... Your grades start going down. You start disappearing. You might start taking drugs with him. He's offering them to you. And that leads to this person having a real hold on you. And after a while, he knows more about you than your friends. And he knows where grandma lives and where little brother plays soccer. Mm. You know, so he gets you into it that way. Then after a while, you don't believe in yourself. I mean, the first weekend, it's 20 men. Then it's 40. Then it's 60. Who do you tell that you've slept with 60 men? Wow. Right? So you begin to relate to him more. And he has this control over you saying you're, you're only worth you know, I'm your daddy, I'm your papa, yeah, I'm I love the... you, I'll take care of you, nobody else wants you now. Mm. So it's just this manipulate. The, the chains are very much psychological. Wow. We don't see, there are kidnappings, and people think trafficking is movement. Trafficking is simply the exploitation, getting someone to do what they don't want to do for little or no pay. Mm. Smuggling is taking people across borders. Trafficking can happen in the same room. Another reason why we hear about it is that trafficking, there's no such term as underage prostitution anymore. Sex trafficking is the term we use for underage prostitution. Federally, underage prostitution is federally federally defined as sex trafficking, and that's why we're hearing about it so much, because a minor does not even have legal authority to give consent. So what we're talking about when we talk about sex trafficking is girls under 18 being exploited by people that are manipulating them to get them to do something okay. they wouldn't normally want okay. to do. Yeah. There's not many girls at 25 that say, yeah, I really wanted to do that back then. Absolutely. Okay, so that's that helps to understand these terms better. Um, my guests today are Michelle Shoemaker, Jessica, and Dr. Jerry Andrews. We're going to be right back, and we're going to continue to hear from Jessica about how she was able to get out of trafficking and what you can do to help 
uh, battle this evil that we're dealing with in our culture today. We'll be right back. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. Hi, this is Kevin Conover. Will you please donate to Educate for Life so we can share the truth of God's word with kids in public schools? You can donate online at donate2efl.org. The Bible used to be read in public schools on a regular basis prior to the 1960s. But today, most kids are completely clueless when it comes to the content and the historical and scientific accuracy of the Bible. Please help us by donating online at donate2efl.org. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Hi, I'm Marissa Conover, and I would love to help you buy or sell your home. I've worked as a realtor for more than 13 years, and as a San Diego native, my passion and experience will help make your move as peaceful as can be. Call me at 619-251-1577. That's 619-251-1577. Or visit conoverhomes.com. This is Throughout All Ages Ministry with Joe and Stacy. We would like to equip you to share the gospel with confidence in a biblical and effective way. We would like to teach you through the proclamation of the gospel. Whether you're the skeptic, God who created you said that he has made himself known to you so that you are without excuse. One-on-one evangelism. How do you think you can get to heaven? I've never really thought about it, but I've always thought of, you know, doing good. For more information, go to throughoutallages.com, like us on Facebook, or visit us at YouTube at Throughout All Ages. I'm giving it all away. No more Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org. If you didn't hear the first two segments of this program, it's a fantastic program. Um, we're talking with Michelle uh, of Point Lama Nazarene University Center for Justice and Reconciliation, Michelle, Michelle Shoemaker, Jessica Kim, who is a survivor of human trafficking, and Dr. Jerry Andrews, who is a senior pastor at First Presbyterian Church, San Diego, uh, and working with churches against trafficking. If you're interested in this, um, you can you can uh, go back and watch segments if you missed them on my YouTube channel and also on podcast. And uh, you can also visit their website, churchesagainsttrafficking.com and abolishhumantrafficking.com. There's also going to be a prayer vigil this Saturday, Balboa Park, Saturday, 3 to 4 p.m. So if you want to get involved, those are great ways to get involved. And... Uh, Jessica, when we left off in the last segment, we talked about how you had gotten involved in trafficking um, through family and then uh, in Tijuana. And then what was the process of getting out of the trafficking? Uh, What happened there? I was brought into trafficking. It wasn't a choice. So um, getting out of it was people coming around me. So there came a point in my life where I found my voice. So for so long, I had been silenced, right? And many, many victims that are still out there being trafficked, that is something that, if they're hearing my voice right now, it's so important to speak up. And anybody that is being, you know, manipulated or groomed or in this situation now, yeah. it's so important to reach out to somebody and just find that voice within us and just say, 
I'm in trouble. I need help. Yeah. And what was it that gave you the confidence um, that when you found your voice, what, what, what changed from not being able to speak up to then being able to speak up? I had had an encounter um, maybe when I was like six years old, and it was encounter um, a spiritual encounter and an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, I had forgotten about that encounter, and there came a time, and I can't specifically say the day or time, but there was something in me that sparked, and... I can connect it to that Holy Spirit and that spiritual connection that mm. I had had yeah. at six years old. And so I reached out to the people around me because there there was a time when, um, you know, God puts people in our lives right at the right time, right yeah. when we need it, mm. specifically when we need it. And so I came to realize this is the time and this these are the people that can help me. And God provided that's aw- that's great. And how old were you when that happened? I was 17. Okay. 17, 18. And, um, you know, probably what goes through some people's minds is, um, you know, I'm going to get in trouble or this person's going to get in trouble or I'm going to be out on the street or, you know, all, you know, all hell's going to break loose because I've come out and, and shared this. What would you say to the person listening who's, who's thinking those thoughts? So part of the manipulation and brainwashing that takes place from these traffickers mm-hmm. is that fear being instilled in us, in, in us, the victims, right? So it's a lot of about control over the person. And one of the tactics is isolation, is fear. So um, when, I spoke t- when I spoke, when I found my voice to speak up, the people around me were, I don't know how to explain it. It was just the right people at the right time. Yeah. And it's, and they were there to help. I was never homeless or without a roof over my head or on the streets per se. Yeah. I always had that protection. <clears throat> and so that's what it was. That's praise God. Yes. So Michelle, um, for those young uh, girls, and is this mostly girls or is this boys also? We know there are boys involved, a high percentage that get rescued are girls. Yeah. But we haven't really even gone into some of the communities of people that are using boys. Like that could be a whole other statistics that we don't even know about. So the research hasn't been done on that yet as much? As much. Okay. And so for the girls out there who are, who are uh, you know, 16, 17 years old and are thinking, how in the world am I going to fend for myself if I do speak up? Um, what help is there out there for uh, these young girls um, if they come forward and they, they speak up? There's hotline numbers on bus stations and airports. I was even in an airport in Las Vegas and went into the bathroom and there was a poster with the hotline, which I took a picture of. I'm like, <laughs> it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, but they, typically at 16 is when they're getting in and they aren't really thinking about getting out till they're older and they know that they're aging out. And the average lifespan of a prostitute is about 35 years of age. So the average lifespan. So lifespan? Once, yes. So Meaning someone they, that can They pass away? They get beaten. They disappear. They commit suicide. They OD. Um, there's just not a long life in it. Um, so a lot of the, 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 the shelters in town, because we don't have a lot of shelters for minors, are mostly um, adults. They're over 18. 
and that's when they decide to come out and they or, or they get rescued or they you know someone's in their life saying I'll help you and um, a lot of the shelters are networked across the country so a girl from Chicago will come here go from here we'll go so the shelters are talking to each other on how to you know place people unfortunately our studies show that there's between three and eight thousand victims a year just in San Diego and we have about 32 beds Three, oh, wow. Three and 8,000 victims, and you only have 32 beds. So um, are people able, if they want to make a difference in this, are they able to support financially? Or um, what would you, where would so they? We have worked with, um, there's, we have a card that we give out, and there's like 10, 12 shelters that we work with. These shelters are all um, run mm-hmm. by people that are working very hard, and they're raising every penny. Um, for instance, there's one called Children of the Immaculate Heart, and uh, Grace, Sister Grace runs it. And when she started it, she she was running the shelter and raising the money, and she had to raise $14,000 a month by herself to just keep it running. So every toilet roll, every shampoo, they need counseling and therapy and doctor's appointments. They have to pay the rent on the houses. So, so it's, not as it, it's not as if you can give too much. Never. <laughs> and there's so many shelters that need it that yeah. generate hope. There's bilateral safety corridor. Yeah. And all these ones Salvation that. Salvation Army. If you're. Uh, if you're North County Lifeline. If you're listening here and you can't see it, if you're not watching on YouTube, here it is on YouTube, <laughs> right? There's our, our flyer here. Um, they can go to Churches Against Trafficking website, the website. And, and it has all these websites. All of these are listed on there. So one thing that people can do if they want to, if they're getting their heartstring pulled right now, yeah. you can immediately go to one of these shelters and become a volunteer, a mentor. They need people to drive the girls back and forth to dentists and doctors and therapy. Um, there's just a constant need for volunteers. There's a constant need for plumbers and construction people and therapists. and like Any vocation you have could be used in this. Yeah. And if you have finances. Endless opportunities to be involved. If you're sitting there and you have some money, the, these, every one of these shelters could greatly benefit from a financial gift. Okay, that's great. So, so churchesagainsttrafficking.com is a great website if you want to help out. And um, I wanted to ask more about churches being involved and how many churches are involved. Um, and because uh, you don't really hear about this too often uh, you know, from the pulpit. It's not something that you hear about too often. Um, and so if there's pastors out there listening and they want to get involved, um, exactly what is their role uh, would be more that I want to learn about. And so when we get back, my guests today are Michelle Shoemaker for the Point Loma Nazarene University Center for Justice and Reconciliation, Jessica Kim, uh, she's a survivor and a recipient of Beauty for Ashes, which we'll talk a little bit more about that also, and Dr. Jerry Andrews, senior pastor of First Presbyterian Church San Diego. We're going to be right back. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. 
This is Throughout All Ages Ministry with Joe and Stacy. We would like to equip you to share the gospel with confidence in a biblical and effective way. We would like to teach you through the proclamation of the gospel. Whether you're the skeptic, God who created you said that he has made himself known to you so that you are without excuse. One-on-one evangelism. How do you think you can get to heaven? I've never really thought about it, but I've always thought of, you know, doing good. For more information, go to throughoutallages.com, like us on Facebook, or visit us at YouTube at Throughout All Ages. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30, and Saturdays, 7.30 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. How much time and money do you spend buying lattes and espresso drinks? Express Fix Coffee invites you to discover super automatic espresso machines for your home or office. Enjoy delicious coffee drinks at the push of a button. Dave Martin and his local team help you choose the perfect machine for you. Call Express Fix Coffee for new or used espresso machines, repairs, parts, or accessories. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Dave at 619-825-3985. There's got to be more. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. If you'd like to check out uh, previous shows on my uh, radio program, you can visit us on YouTube. It's Educate for Life video uh, on YouTube. And we're also podcasting. You can also uh, pick us up on Facebook and uh, a bunch of other social media avenues. And I've got all kinds of shows on there. Very interesting sh- shows. I've uh, had Teen Challenge on uh, uh, who has an incredible, there's an incredible ministry here in San Diego, one of the uh, most successful drug rehab programs in the world, Teen Challenge. And uh, there's, there are amazing testimonies uh, that I have on there and uh, also have interviews with a uh, gentleman um, who travels to Vietnam to help people, uh, uh, Vietnam, Vietnamese who have lost their sight. Uh, incredible interview and testimony there. Also interviews with people, scientists, about uh, the creation evolution debate. And uh, also had um, CAPS on, uh, College Area Pregnancy Services, uh, Heidi Cessna, and uh, the president over there. Uh, So all kinds of ministries in San Diego that are operating and doing an amazing work, being a light, being salt and light for the Lord. And uh, today we have Churches Against Trafficking um, that we're talking to, um, and the ministry that they're doing is absolutely incredible. Uh, I had no idea, well, I, I had a general idea, but... The impact of trafficking in San Diego is uh, amazing. Um, give us the stats one more time, Michelle, for our listeners. Um, how many per year are victims of human trafficking? The study that Point Loma and USD did came up with um, three to 8,000 victims a year just in San Diego. And that's um, girls specifically that you're referring to, and not, not so knowing how many boys are involved. trafficking victims. It's actually, it's all victims. Oh, it's all victims. I okay. Mean, that's a little gray because we're only really seeing girls, but we yeah. know that there are boys involved. Okay. And they're getting involved as young, at the typical age is somewhere around 14, 15? We're saying 16. Now. 16, okay. And there, and this is in high schools. There are there are men that are befriending these girls, and then they're being a, a kind of wooed in through the gifts and uh, attention. And then they're being told that they need to sleep with somebody in order to generate money, that's how it happens, and then they're manipulated into doing that? 
they're manipulated various ways. It's a it's a long process, and it's a process of a girl falling in love and trusting someone mm. and believing that they love her. And once you believe someone loves you and they have your best interest, you often will do what they ask you to do. Okay. It's not just, hey, sleep with this guy and you're going to go sleep with them. It's, there's, a, there's a process of grooming right. over several months that happens before. Okay, and you now have a curriculum that you're using in middle schools and high schools in which um, you're making, helping girls to be informed about this so they're not manipulated and tricked into, into doing this. Can you tell us a little bit about the curriculum, uh, Jessica? Yes. So the curriculum is a drama it's a very interactive curriculum, so it's not just us talking at the students. We invite the students to come in and, and participate in, in the curriculum, and we do it all through drama. And so do you go into the schools? and we that's do. Okay, and, and do. is this like an assembly or a classroom, or how does that work? So they're chosen. There are, peop- there are students. Sometimes it's several grades. Sometimes a specific grade is determined based on the need of the school. Mm-hmm. And so we get the students together, male and female, both, and we present the curriculum. Okay. And so, so tell us about it. No, the curriculum is no more, Correct. Uh, with, which is K-N-O-W, more, and then the N-O is um, capitalized, so kind of a play on the, play on the words there. Yes. Uh, so, so what is it you're trying to achieve when you are presenting this to the students? So we believe that the best way to prevent is through education. Um, not only educating them, but using, but being an upstander rather than a bystander. Mm. So using the students because they're they are at the front end, so they are in it, right? They're so seeing it happen right in front of them. They're seeing it happen. Yeah. They they see their friends. Sometimes they don't know what to look for. So we present this program and empower them to to figure out. Okay, what if your friends are going through this? What is something? that you could do or what is something that you would do and we role play with them. Okay. So it's a it's a very interactive learning experience. That's great. And if a school wanted to do to get involved with that or wanted to invite you to do that, would they just go to the Churches Against Trafficking website or how does that work? This is Point Loma Nazarene University Center for Justice Programs. Okay. Churches Against Trafficking is one program. Yeah. The No More is a different program. Okay. And it's about to get funded and and, and blow up because we're getting some big funders behind it. Oh, so if a school or a parent is out there or a school would like this mm-hmm. it's very interactive there's a there's a um a survey at the end where the kids talk about what they learned so that the end goal is to have them understand what the red flags are of being manipulated and it both the boys and the girls realize what's going on and how each one of them plays a role in this mm-hmm. so go you can go to the website at point loma nazarene university pointloma.edu okay go to the cjr center for justice and there's all sorts of contact information um and and as we're getting contact, we're going wherever we're getting contacted. We're doing a lot of San Diego Unified, but we've been in Lemon Grove, La Mesa. Um, we've been a lot of the we, OLP, Our Lady of Peace, and Cathedral. That's great. So we're it's really spreading, and um, we're growing our staff right now. We don't have the potential to go everywhere, but it's about to be able to be replicated. And um, so is this uh, like an hour-long thing, or is this like a week-long thing, or how, how does that work? So we have two... Um two ways that we're presenting it. Uh, one of the ways is a three-and-a-half-hour program. So we present it within three-and-a-half hours. The second way is over three days. Okay. So we can break up each session into three days. That's great. Um, okay, and and um, so that is the no more curriculum for middle school and high school. And 
tell us a little bit about the Beauty for Ashes uh, scholarship. What, what exactly is that? You were a recipient of that, um, Jessica. Yes, I am. So Beauty for Ashes scholarship is a full scholarship for um, human survivors, okay. human trafficking survivors, and, and it's through Point Loma Nazarene. So if there's a young a girl out there who's thinking, um, I want to get out of this, but pff, I don't have a job or whatever, if she wanted to apply for that sort of a scholarship, um, would she just contact Point Loma Nazarene, or how does that work? Um, they would apply just like any other person would apply. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, um, coming out of high school age, you'd have to take an SAT, so we suggest that they wait, and you can go to community college for a couple of years that you don't have to take that SAT. Okay. And then you get a couple of semesters under you of good grades, and you can transfer into Point Loma. So um, that's typical route, although we do have one girl that just came in as a freshman, and she's, she's doing great. Um, so how many recipients have, have there been have, so far? Um, there's been five. So okay. We have five on campus right now. And is that a full scholarship? or? So what it is is with all the different financial aid available, the scholarship pays whatever state and government and federal and whatever, you're, don't whatever cover. you can't cover, the scholarship covers that. That's great. And is that provided by private donors or is that Point Loma Nazarene? Or it's it all work? been money raised. We've had, um, for the last three years, we've had a banquet called Hope Rising and we've raised um, over 300 grand towards the scholarship from just lots and lots and lots of people. Not There's many a lot, of, lot of compassionate there. people yeah. out there. Who I mean, are, that is tons of small gifts right there. Uh, and, uh, that's great. That's looking, the body of Christ we, coming together and making a difference. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. The goal is to have it to be $2 million, so it's endowed, so we can take a little bit of a breath. Right now, it's like, we got another college student. <laughs> but one uh, interesting thing that we found out is that beyond just the scholarship, we need lots of other services like counseling and therapy and just um, educational resources. These um, young people have been through a lot. Oh, yeah. So to throw them in with the average high-achieving SAT person that's coming, you know, 4.0. Yeah. You, know, you don't want to overwhelm them it's either. Hard. Yeah. It's a tough, it's not an easy curriculum, and they have to they're in the same classrooms, so mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. been some some really <laughs> some great bumps things. In the road. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so we're trying to also have a fund for the the counseling along with. That's fantastic. Well, we have one more segment left, so stay with us. My guests today are Michelle Shoemaker, Jessica Kim, and Dr. Jerry Andrews. We're going to be right back and just uh, finish off our discussion on human trafficking in San Diego. It's very prevalent in San Diego and around the country, and around the world, really. So we'll touch on what's happening around the world and how we can, um, as the body of Christ, as the church, uh, rise up and uh, fight for justice. Uh, God is compassionate about those who are oppressed and um, wants to see them rescued. So we have an opportunity to make a difference here. Stay with us. We'll be right back. For 36 years, Fastlane Kayaking has helped people like you experience everything that's great about San Diego. Fastlane makes fishing and water sports fun and easy. Hobie Cat kayaks feature a popular pedal system, not paddles, keeping your hands free as you fish. You no longer need to tow and gas up a boat to experience great San Diego fishing. Call or come in for your no-charge demo ride, 619-222-0766, fastlanesailing.com. At Dana Landing Arena across from SeaWorld, 619-222-0766. 
Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Hi, I'm Marissa Conover, and I would love to help you buy or sell your home. I've worked as a realtor for more than 13 years, and as a San Diego native, my passion and experience will help make your move as peaceful as can be. Call me at 619-251-1577. That's 619-251-1577. Or visit conoverhomes.com Hi, this is Kevin Conover. Will you please donate to Educate for Life so we can share the truth of God's word with kids in public schools? You can donate online at donate to efl.org. The Bible used to be read in public schools on a regular basis prior to the 1960s. But today, most kids are completely clueless when it comes to the content and the historical and scientific accuracy of the Bible. Please help us by donating online at donate to efl.org. I will cast Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. Thanks for listening today. I hope you've really enjoyed the show. It's been fa- uh, very educational and eye-opening. Um, not something you hear a lot about, um, talked a lot about, but uh, human trafficking is on the rise. It's an issue that is uh, becoming more and more common. It's um, According to Michelle, you said it was second, the second highest uh, moneymaker as far as uh, criminal activity is concerned. So drugs is the only one that is above it, above it. and uh, it, it's growing. Yes. And and is this this is worldwide? This is a, a on ongoing. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah, is it, I would say worldwide. It's there's, there's drugs, illicit sex trade, and weapons. Right. Yes. So those three kind of interchange all over the okay world. But okay. And uh, Doctor Andrews, what is your vision for the future for your church as far as how your church is involved? What would you ideally like to see happen as your church is involved? Oh, that's a big question. Uh, part of it has to do with the formation of the individual disciples. Yeah. That if they're going to be following Jesus, they need to go where Jesus goes. It's pretty clear to me that uh, this is where he goes. Yeah. Um, he goes to those who are in need, those who have uh, are vulnerable to the violent. And um, he, he attends to them. He attends to the violent as well. Um, that's a undertold and kind of underdone work as well. Yeah. Jesus is here to redeem the world, not just some. Yeah. Um, and that's a that's that's a tough and hard thing to think through and how you get involved. But if you're involved in law enforcement, um, and members of my congregation, probably every congregation out there listening right now has folks involved in law enforcement. Yeah. They've seen this up front. Their their hearts break earlier than those of us who didn't see it and because of our professions were shielded from it. We're not participating in seeing these activities. So part of it's the formation of the disciple. But part of it's also a formation of a congregation. That when it has a sense of mission and it goes out and it wants to be an ambassador for the Savior, yes, it wants to proclaim the good news of God's forgiveness for all of our sins all of the time and, and to everyone. Pretty yeah. straightforward. And yes, we want to be better at that. But we've got a 150-year start on it in my congregation. And mercy, too. We've got generations of work on that. I want to make sure that when they're out there as an ambassador of Christ, the whole congregation participating together, that they are also advocating for 
knowledgeable, uh, knowledgeable about and participating in what the Savior is doing about yeah. making this world a just world. It's his world. He's not grown weary of it. He's not quit on it. Um, and so, so neither will we. Amen. Uh, absolutely. That, that um, always um, kind of uh, brings me down when I hear somebody say, oh, well, you know, this world is going down the drain anyway. What are you going to do, right? So uh, there's that, no... That, can I say that insults the Savior? Exactly. That, that he's incompetent <laughs> yeah. and cannot do what he set out and said he would do, which is to save the world. He yeah. said he would do it. Yeah. And there's nowhere in Scripture where it says, well, after this point, it's time to give up, right? No. Jesus is always saying, nope, there's always hope. I'm always going out for that sheep, that one lost sheep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go get him. And so that's always, that's so encouraging. And um, so... For the pastor out there who's thinking in his head, man, I've already got so much going on. Uh, I can't add one more thing to the list. What would you, how would you encourage that pastor who, who kind of feels like there's already so much happening? Uh, good luck. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, you know, it's a hard thing. Whenever you do a new thing. And yeah. it, the things I, th- I thought about, and maybe it's parallel to some pastors, but politics is local and how you do your own congregation. I probably don't have a lot of advice for you. Frankly, there was some sense of picking a subject. And that's one that didn't hit us over the head. Yeah. Homeless folks hits us over the head. It's our neighborhood. And so uh, affordable housing and, and, and programs, government and faith-based that help people get back up. We got involved in that. We became advocates, not just providers of, of acts of mercy and social services. But this one was kind of chosen. In part, it was chosen. The hesitation was the ick factor, if you will. Mm. Nobody wants to hear their pastor who's theologically trained and they're just ready to hear these beautiful, nuanced insights of the Bible say the word rape from the pulpit. Mm. Just, you didn't get dressed up for, to do that. So there's an ick factor, and that, that needed to be addressed, that we are people who don't blink. We don't turn our eyes away. And once we see it, we have some responsibility. We actually have some responsibility to see it, and so we will. What was attractive about it is... This is um, seems so lame. Sorry. I didn't expect a whole lot of people. I didn't expect my congregation to be divided on the issue, mm. some for and some against. If I had said immigration and said, let's put that down in front of my congregation, what do you think? It would have divided down the middle yeah. about what's the best way to go about it. People of goodwill and want to follow the Savior have very different ideas about this. And they would have gone to war against one another. I say sex trafficking. I don't expect somebody to raise their hand and say, gee, Pastor, don't go too fast. I think I'm for it. I just didn't expect that to happen. So it was something that we would have a conviction about already formed. That's great. Yeah. Um, and then we could move forward together with what other obstacles would be presented. Yeah. Everybody can get behind fighting this and making a difference in it. It's not as if it's in any way. Uh, it's very bipartisan, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's great. And I really like what you said about um, looking past the, quote, ick factor. You know, as Christians, we're called to be bold and brave. And uh, this is where Christ went, right? The Bible is very clear. It, he went and ate with prostitutes and tax collectors. And so I think too often we, we try to be too clean and, and not get down in, in the dirt and really go out there and make a difference. So that's really awesome. So thank you for doing that, Pastor. I, blessing. I, I really, really appreciate um, you guys coming on the air. And Jessica, I really appreciate your boldness. You. It's not always easy to get up and um, share what's happened in your life. And that takes a lot of uh, courage. And so um, praise God for that. Amen. And I, I hope that the listeners out there, if you're listening today, um, you know, the way Jessica was able to overcome this situation is because, like she said, uh, she found her voice and she, um, she, she had the courage to do that. And uh, God will sustain you if you take the step uh, and have the courage to speak up. God will sustain you and provide for you. So uh, praise God for that. So... 
Um, we're, we're almost out of time here. We're wrapping up. But I, just real quick, I wanted to get your input on um, this is what we're doing locally. So what is the next step uh, on a larger scale? What is the church doing on a larger scale? And what is, what are, is there stuff happening uh, to fight this? Because I, I know that I quoted that stat. There are more slaves in the world than ever before in world history. That's what I was reading about the human trafficking. So um, are, is there a movement to fight this uh, kind of worldwide? Uh, I could talk uh, pretty straightforwardly about international justice mission. They're not the only one, but they are the leading one, kind of first, if you will. And yeah. I'm not clear who's in second place, but others are, are beginning. And IJM is trying to encourage other distinctly Christian, usually distinctly evangelically Christian, organizations to know the heart of the Father for justice in this world and to get involved. So tell us about the international justice. Yeah, they, they go at four things, if you will. Okay. Sex trafficking is big and kind of obvious. And there's places in Southeast Asia and, frankly, Eastern Europe and everywhere where, the, again, the extent of law does not go very far out. Mm. And so you're left, the vulnerable are left to the abuses of the violent. And they're just susceptible to it. And who's going to go and help that nation enforce relatively just laws that doesn't have yeah. the law enforcement. So in some sense, IJM is a bunch of cops. It's I have a member of my congregation that's been involved. He's, he's an FBI agent. My daughter's been involved. So is this he's any, an attorney. Anybody can can join up with the international justice? They can participate system? and uh, be, be part of it. No, you just can't get on a boat and go and, yeah. and, and be a cop in Thailand because you want to be, that's what you want to be when you grow up. So they have highly trained people, investigators. They present cases. Um, my daughter has done this uh, with IJM where it, there it was labor trafficking of children in cigarette rolling factories and brick making factories. And, you know, at the end of her summer, slaves got set free. Wow. Uh, because So this is almost like a, a, almost like a missionary group that specifically very much so. it's a, it's a mission. It's is, a, is going it's a out to, to fight um, basically criminal they're, they're, they're doing for justice what World Vision does for mercy, oh, okay. what the Billy Graham Association does for walking humbly with God. Uh, and it's and about, they are releasing hundreds of thousands of slaves across yes. the world. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is igniting this subject right now. Wow. I believe that the mm-hmm. kingdom is coming to earth. How, how exciting. But I heard that IJM, is I was at a conference where they were at, and they were talking about the thousands of slaves and the caste system that were being released with their work. So mm-hmm. just to echo what... Pastor Andrews is saying. It's, Praise God. It's a fantastic that's, organization. That's uh, very And there are ways for congregations to become involved, even <coughs> though it's global. The same way you would do with your church planting and, and uh, community development missions that your congregation participates with mm. in Africa and places like that. My congregation in Ghana is about boys being trafficked at Lake Volta in the fishing industry, thousands of them. It's brutal. Yeah. Um, and they die. They can't swim, and this is what they do. They're out in a boat on their own and with net fishing, and they die. And they've been trafficked. This is this is about movement. They've been moved away from their villages to these places where it's kind of a large in- industry. and um, Basically and, made into forced labor. And again, the extent of law in Ghana just can't get to law. Yeah, Though yeah. it's the largest man-made lake in the world, the, the government can't get there. But but uh, God does. I think in the end, I think what we want to say is this, you know, our, our efforts are meager in a way. We're, we're glad it's more than what it used to be. And, and these things are developing and we're pleased with it. But it's meager yeah. compared to that, what it was, $810 million effort and all that. What, 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 what is beautiful about this is that there is a God. Yeah. And, and, and this will come to an end. And he came Amen. to set the captives free. Amen. What a great place to end. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Okay. Yep. Thank God you. bless you guys. You. For those of you listening out there, I, uh, I really appreciate you listening. And I hope you'll get involved. Churchesagainsttrafficking.com. Abolishhumantrafficking.com. 
and also the International Justice Mission. Uh, fantastic opportunities to be salt and light. Okay, uh, I hope I, you'll join me next Saturday for another uh, interview. We'll have uh, some fantastic guests on the show real soon here. Very interesting stuff, and uh, hope you'll hope you'll join me next Saturday. God bless you. Have a great day. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry, we're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit EducateForLife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719 or email KevCon at EducateForLife.com. That's K-E-V-C-O-N at EducateForLife.com. You will always be much more to me. Every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right, but that's all.